Hey, Nicole, why don't you come up here and share that really quick? Nicole was sharing with me, and I do think it, it's kind of how, once we get through the scripture, you'll see a little bit how all these things fit together. She was saying how at the end of the worship, she saw a picture. The Lord showed her a picture, and it was, here, come on up here so the people online can see you. Yeah, so just share really quick about Jesus making a way. So just at the end of worship when we were praying, I, when Kevin was praying, I just heard the phrase, Jesus has wrought a path for us. It's not just that he made a way. Like when I think of he made a way, it's like, oh, we got a nice little sidewalk just to walk down it. And then he showed me the image of just like tunneling through mountains, just destroying things, just going. He wrought a path for us. This was not an easy thing. There were so many things between us and where we're going. And he wrought that path for us. So just whatever you're facing, he's like, he's there to destroy and brought that path. Just rip it open and make a way for us. Amen. I think that fits in with everything we've been talking about and we'll continue to talk about. And isn't that in Revelation, somebody, the mountain splitting? Come on, people, read your Bible. All right. <laughs> We're in part five of the book of James, uh, which is chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, if you want to turn there in your phones or have it on the screen. I need somebody to come up here and read for me. Andy, you want to come? Come on, come on, come on. Did you read last week? All right, I'll let you read again. So ch chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and itself is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Amen. That's a pretty lightweight read today, huh, guys? Now, if, if, if this is your first time here, just so you know, we've been going through the book of James little bit at a time, and it's kind of like a slap in the face. So like last week was like, and then this week is like, you know. And it's interesting. The book of James is written by Jesus' biological brother or half-brother, Jacob, applying Jesus' teaching to believers of the time who are finding themselves in an increasingly frustrating situation with their surrounding um, culture, kind of, you know, maybe like we do. And I think it's got a lot of very valuable application. And it's not like Revelation or parts of the book of Daniel where you're like, what does the horn mean? And what is, you know, this one just kind of says what it says. And frankly, today, this section right here 
sounds like something your mom said to you your whole life, you know? So I don't have a whole lot that I need to say about it because I think you get what it says. I will elaborate just a little bit. Um, we'll go back through it here really quick, and then we'll pray and eat. So the section at the beginning, the first verse, is um, most of you guys are going, oh, good, I'm not preaching, so I don't have to worry about that, which is, which is true. Any, anytime anybody stands up here to speak on behalf of God, you should take it seriously because you will be judged more strictly. And people like Kevin and I and Byron, we do take it more seriously. Um, so, but verse 2 is where he really starts to get into what he's talking about. That anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. And he's starting to set up this whole um, section, which is about what we say. You know, the whole last week was about what you did. Now it's about what you say, how you talk to people, um, the kinds of things you say about yourself, the kind of things you say about it, you know. And he was saying anyone who could, who's never at fault in what they say is, is basically essentially living a perfect life, you know. And, you know, it reminds me of when Jesus talks about what comes out of our mouth that makes us run home. Verse 3, when he talks about putting bits in horses' mouths to make them obey us, and we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they're so large and they're driven by, they're driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. I thought that maybe we could use a more modern example of this kind of thing. I mean, not all of us rode here on a horse. I didn't think so. The... Uh, um, so I, I, I thought of this. This is my example of something large. This is the largest dump truck in the world. I, I thought of the one that like, is made by cat, but apparently the Russians were like, oh, yeah, we'll make one way bigger than that. This can hold like 4,000 tons. Look how huge it is. It's like the size of a building. And the, go to the one where the guy's walking down the road. I don't know what that guy's thinking, but <laughs> there's not a lot of way to get out of the way. That was what I was... You're going to have to like climb up the hill. Anyway... But look, let's, this whole huge, gigantic thing, that's the, the steering area, which looks just like any car in the... So that whole gigantic building, car thing, that can hold 400 tons, is steered by this tiny little steering wheel. And so the metaphor here that, that Paul is setting... Or Paul, gosh. Jacob, is, James is setting up, is that our tongue, the kinds of things we say, affect the whole rest of us in a very controlling sort of way. Not hard to understand. I think even if... The kids that are, as they read through this, they'll understand it just as much as we do. This is pretty basic stuff. What you say matters a lot. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a word of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. I have an image. Just leave this image up here during this whole section. He's using fire as a picture here, our tongue being fire, a spark. Like, you know this from even, like, cartoons and stuff. A tiny spark, and then it catches the next leaf, and then the next leaf, and then pretty soon the whole, fire, the whole forest is on fire. So it's like, I only did a tiny little lie. It's no big deal. And then this is the picture that he's trying to show. And then not, just leave this up. He talks about sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it itself is set on fire by hell. He's trying to make you understand um, the evil of what's going on here by making a reference and then putting that reference in hell. Um, he, this idea that boasts 
spark like a wildfire, or and rumors spread like a wildfire. And and so it's hard to say, like, you know, <laughs> it's obvious how serious he's taking this, right? He's like, you could have just said fire, like the forest is on fire. Okay, that sounds bad. And then he immediately goes, and you know fire, like hellfire. And you're like, oh, you mean like big deal fire, like eternal fire or existential fire or something like that. Not just like, you know, you get what I'm saying. The idea that the tongue has power is not surprising to us. There's even Proverbs in the Bible. And there's tons of places in the Bible that talk about this. I have a couple here, Proverbs 12, 18. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Or Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And so he's, he's, uh, he's establishing this, uh, the power of the tongue and then the evil that the tongue can bring into your life and equating it to hell, or it talks about, this is, this is what I want you to hear from this. Small spark leads to wildfire. We get that. So there's a, it's, it's, there's a point at which it's just a small spark, okay? And then there's like a middle section where it might be getting bigger and out of control, and then there's a point where it's beyond control and it's, it's horrible, right? And then he's connecting that to hell and what hell is like and what hell looks like or something. And so what I want you to see in this, because it says it corrupts the whole body, and here's what I want you to hear, sets the whole course of one's life on fire. Okay? I'm going to read that again. Sets the whole course of one's life on fire. Why am I being like that? Because I want you to understand that this thing that does start small there's a process that takes it to this. It's not like an atomic bomb going off. Like if I said, like, hey, we're going to set off an atomic bomb. Do you think it might burn some stuff? You'd be like, of course. But if I said, hey, I'm going to just light this tiny little match and drop it right there, you're like, do you think it'll be a problem? You're like, ah, oh, probably not. You know, it usually isn't, you know, something like that. Things we say corrupt us. They corrupt those around us. They corrupt the world we're in. And then they grow, okay? That's like the steering the course of our body or ourselves or who we are towards the hellish forest fire that is then out of control. So we all find ourselves in situations, you know, like Kevin was talking about. There's heaviness, you know, and the needing of God, Christ to make a way, as even what Nicole was talking about. This idea that, like, we have this spark, this thing, you know, the white lie you're doing, the just whatever, these things we say, the boast, the posts, <laughs> you know, that rhyme, that was funny. Okay. Um, <laughs> which don't seem like a big deal at the beginning, right? They're no big deal. It's no big deal. It's just this little thing. I'm just being a little bit mean to this person online. No one will know, you know. But then it starts to grow, you know. And so I think you need to see this in lots of different ways. Um, and what came to me when I was thinking about this is not just the idea that the most simple understanding, which makes sense. It's perfectly right. You do hurtful things to people. It spreads. It creates terrible things. And there's a judgment for that. Like he's bringing up the word hell on purpose here. There's judgment. Like you will stand before God for the things you say. Okay? But also, some strange sounds going on. Um, you speak things over yourself 
every day that aren't true or and then they grow and then they affect who you think you are and then all of a sudden you're living in a hell of anxiety or you speak things over other people like the guy you work with is just an idiot or whatever every day and it grows till you live in a hell of hating them all the time because of how stupid they are you know or this world i mean you know i mean when i was a kid it was great but i mean look what's going on now you know and you keep speaking these little things but i mean i don't know look at these people out here look how crazy they all are i mean what are we going to do with this you know the world is going to hell. i mean and then you're living in hell all of a sudden meanwhile the bible is telling a story like nicole is saying about christ making a way through this or being as steve was talking about the water in the wilderness so even if some of that's true, our posture is ca categorically different. We're not supposed to be like the Israelites at the time, going, oh, gosh, look out at the desert. I mean, out here, you know, at least in Egypt when we were slaves, we had food and stuff, you know, and, and God's like, I'm providing for you. Hence the feast. He's like, you need to remember that when I did that, you know, because you guys tend to fall back into this thing. Oh, I'm just complaining a little bit just complaining a little bit, and then you've created a hellish world for yourself to live in. Y'all follow me? Am I just being a little too pokey? Is that what's going on? Everybody's kind of like... <sighs> so, the, uh, so this tongue of ours allows us to speak into being hell in our own lives and in the lives of other people. Or not. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed. What sea creatures are tamed? Dolphins? I guess they train them at SeaWorld, right? Okay, fair enough. Or Flipper. They had a relationship. Being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Again, now we've got hell and poison associated um, with, uh, with our tongues, you know. And again, don't just think about, your, you know, what the things you say about yourself to yourself. You don't have to say them out loud. What do you think about yourself to yourself when you look in the mirror or when you see a photo of yourself or when you see what you said to somebody or when you da-da-da-da-da-da, you know, or when you're around the, your kids and the things you constantly are bugging, bugging them about or when you're around your coworkers, the things you say about or the things you say to your other coworkers about those coworkers because, you know, or people at your school, or the way you're, you know, these, these are all sparks that we're throwing out there, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then, finally, how we even see this world around us, you know, Christ came into this world to save it, and we're speaking this, we're sparking everywhere, trying to burn it down. With the tongue, when we say tongue, he's talking about what we say, right? We all got that, right? Okay. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. I don't even have a whole lot to say about that. My note says, should not be. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. We shouldn't be praising God and cursing people. Like Those things don't cohabitate. I got a, I got a reference here, which I brought up uh, during the podcast referring when we were like looking into last week Matthew 5 21 22 this is Jesus himself talking you have heard it was said to the people long ago 
you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. And you're like, good, I'm not planning on murder. So I am, you know, it's kind of like the teaching part of this thing. You have to worry about that, but I don't because I'm not planning on murdering anyone. And then Jesus says, but I tell you, uh-oh, that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, raka, which is like a derogatory thing meaning idiot or fool, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. There's that word again, and we're sitting right where we were just a few minutes ago. James is just taking the same things that Jesus teaches and putting them in this context. And, they, and it ends with this. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. So, obviously, uh, he's telling you that this can't happen. But I thought that, you know, since we're not as agrarian as we used to be, we might need another modern example. Because if you were like, well, can flesh water flow from a salt spring? You're like, maybe. I don't, I don't really know. You know, or can fig tree bear olives? You're like, I don't think so, but I'm not really sure about the things people do. I have a couple examples that I thought of in my geniusness, that if you, uh, just to help, help us illustrate this in a way that we might understand, if you happen to be at the gate station down the road, and you saw me there, and I was at a gas pump, and I was, I'm not going to open this because it actually has gas in it, but, whoa, I don't know what's going on. So if you saw me with this open, with the gas pump, and I was filling it, and you were like waving, you're like, oh, that's Brian. He's probably doing yard work at the church again. Like, wave at him, but let's leave before he asks us to do anything. <laughs> Highly probable. <laughs> and then I got this one filled up, because I always fill up multiple ones at once. So I filled it up, and then I immediately went into this. You might be like, hey, my man, what, if you were concerned about my well-being, you might come up to me and be like, what exactly is going on here? Because you can't put gas in a water bottle. And, I, and if I said back to you, no, no, don't worry, I, I got, I'm putting water in here, this is my drinking water, you'd be like, that's not how this works. And even if, if we were at, an, like, let's just imagine there is a gas station where there's a gas pump that you could select water, you'd be like, you can't drink that, like, this had gas in it. And I'd be like, it's cool, you know. In the same way, the, the idea that he's talking about of, salt water and fresh water, maybe this is a little more extreme, but you get the point. If you're gonna, you can't pump water through a gas pump and drink it and think you're going to be all right. Any amount of gas that's left, and I don't know how much, how much water you would want. Like, so say you did start doing that. How much water are you going to add before it's okay to drink? I'm not sure you're going to get there, you know what I mean, or at least not for quite a while. So when you think about like the poison of the the words, the small things we say. Think about the poison of the gas. Like how much, how much, how, many time, how much water are you going to have to put in here before you're cool with drinking out of it? I'm not going with you. Another example I thought of, because I saw the other day, so share, show that other photo of the spices. I, I saw somebody said, hey, I figured out what went wrong with my French toast. <laughs> so how many of y'all know that if you were making French toast and you used cumin, which looks the same as cinnamon or close enough, it is not going to work, is it? 
Point being, if you if you were making like a mix for French toast and you put cumin in it and you're like, oh man. Well, don't worry. We'll just add cinnamon till it goes away or till we, you know. First off, you ain't, that's not going to happen either. And I don't know how much cinnamon you'd have to add, you know. And so I think that that's what we need to think about in regards to this uh, um, <laughs> this poison and this effect that. These two things can't come from the same source. They aren't the same thing. We can't live lives that are mixed this way. And you might be able to. Like, if you fill this thing up with gas, and if some of you know, gas is a little, usually a little more yellow than water. Um, but if this was full of gasoline, and, and you showed up, and you're like, ah, you know, and you were telling us it was water, I would assume you just got it out of some kind of spring or something, you know. But uh, if you just carried it around, like, like you do at church, you know, this is my water, you know, full of living water, right? And I wouldn't know there's gasoline in there till you opened it, you know what I mean? But maybe, maybe you could, because I might look at it and go, that's not like, that's not water, you know what I mean? But most of the time, you might be able to sneak around for a while and be like, got my water here. You filled, brother? Filled with water? The whole time, God knows, he's, and the point is, it's not just that God knows, which should wake you up enough. Like, hell got brought up enough in this scripture that, like, you know, God knows what you're doing. You know, so that should wake you up. You know, it doesn't matter if I notice. You know, because I might go, I don't want to drink it, but yeah, go ahead. You know, but the, uh, the God knows that's gasoline in there. That should wake you up. But the point is, you can't drink gasoline. He, God not only knows and cares, but you can't live like that. It's poisoning your life. It's poisoning your mind. You're setting the whole forest on fire <laughs> repeatedly. Sparks and sparks and sparks. And so I'm going to close really quick. And I'm just going to close. And do you want to just play Sweet Nothings while I close? But we don't need to sing a song. Um, that was insider talk for you guys. That <laughs> yeah. Sweet Nothings is when you play the music that sounds nice, but it isn't really... All right, I'll stop. Um, because this is not this message is not a uh, a mystery. This message is pretty obvious. You can't we can't be cursing people and praising God at the same time. It just doesn't work. It's not possible. And like last week, it's not like okay. So the takeaway is, I need to go do more deeds because it was about like you know what you do matters. You know, it's like okay, go do more deeds for Jesus. It's like that's not the takeaway from last week. Like this one, it's not. Just, um, I mean, I had it all worked out in my head before I, oh. <laughs> sorry. It's not, um, the, the issue last week was not just go do more deeds. It was that if you don't have the deeds, you're probably not a Christian. You see what I'm saying? Like his whole point last week was the deeds flow out of this changed life. So it's not like, oh, okay, go try harder. It's like, no, it flows out of a changed life. And if you're different, it comes. You don't, have to, you don't have to force it. And this is the same way that if you are gasoline-water combo, you probably aren't drinking from the living water. Out of Jesus, this is the water that flows. And that's why it's so interesting that all these things keep happening at the same time. We laid out James months ago. We knew we were going to preach through it. And I didn't pay attention that... This, the, we were going to talk about the Feast of Tabernacles today because I don't always notice things. And there was a storm last two weeks ago that pushed our class on tongues 
till this Thursday. I should have noticed that because the word tongues and the tongue in this is kind of like, well, that's not a word we use all the time. I noticed it yesterday. They're like, wow, interesting. Here we are where the Lord has brought us to looking at how we talk and what we say. And we had a class on Thursday about a spiritual gift where God does something miraculous in that area. That's interesting. But then when he talks about salt water and fresh water flowing out of a stream, and we looked, as Steve did, John 7, Jesus is saying, I am the living water. That's what he says when they're doing that libation thing, which like I mentioned, I told you, that's not in the Old Testament. That's something they came up with around it. But, you know, when they were in the when they were in the wilderness, in the desert, and they don't have water, and they cry out to Moses, yeah, you know, and then God says, strike this rock, and water will flow from it. That's crazy and a miracle, and he does it. But Moses strikes it twice. And God doesn't let him enter the promised land because he struck it twice. And we're like, whoa, God, that's a big deal. Like, what's... The- but later we find out is that that rock is to represent Jesus. Jesus, the world is a desert, and he's giving us the living water. But we want to drink the gasoline. He's offering us living water. And the other thing is this, with this, the, the tabernacling together. All of us have a problem with this. I think he makes that pretty clear in this scripture. All of us have a problem with this. And need to repent. There's some things that we need to take care of. There's some people that come to mind to you that God is bringing to your mind that you need to have a conversation with and you need to apologize about some things you've said. There's some of you that need to come and apologize to God for things you said about him. He could take it. It's cool. The other thing is some of you need to apologize to yourself. There's things you're speaking over yourself that are absolutely untrue. And some of you need to Apologize to God for the way you've been speaking about this world that we live in. Which he has come into the desert as the living water. And he wants us to be pouring it forth and giving it to everybody. Meanwhile, we're mixing in a little gas now and then. And it's just it's messing up the whole thing. Because if we understand, like in um, Galatians it says here. Of course, this is locked up. Galatians it says, I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in the flesh, I live in faith. The faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And he goes on in Colossians about Christ living in us, the hope of glory. This tabernacle, you know, that ultimately we'll see in the when Jesus returns and God makes all things new and, it, you know, all the stuff in Revelation, you know. Christ living within us now, how we talk you need to just think in your mind would i say this if jesus was standing right here or was closer as he truly is living within you would jesus say this to somebody and if he wouldn't don't say it (laughs) i saw a video um that got somehow found its way to me and it was, it just really bothered me because it was, it was people somewhere, I don't even know where it was, and they were just shouting all this racist stuff to this person. And it bothered me because of what there's, but then what really bothered me a lot was the number of them that were mixing in 
something like Christianity into it. Like, go to church, you did it. I was like, what? Like, you think you're going to be the guy telling, like, right back at you, buddy. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's not really funny. It was bothering me a lot. I, I was getting up, like, sick feeling, not just angry, but I was like, you know, it's one thing if you're lost. You know, like the Bible talks about darkness. If you're walking around in darkness and you don't know the truth, I'd expect you to be kind of a, you know, have some problems and stuff like that. It's a completely different thing if you're claiming to be the fresh water spring and you're spewing gasoline on everybody. And so I think this is a strong warning from James, from Jesus through James to us to watch what we say. Because when we mix in just a, a thimble of gasoline into a gallon of water, it's undrinkable. And when people are saying they're giving you gasoline, it's like, okay, I get it. But when we're saying we're giving you water and there's gas mixed in it, that's not drinkable. So, Father, I pray that you would help us to understand the seriousness of this scripture we've read, but also to understand the hope that you give of living within us and empowering us by the Holy Spirit, even with a gift, a spiritual gift of tongues, but even just in your empowerment of what we say, that we can speak things as you do into existence, Lord. And I pray for us to be people who speak words of truth and words of life, and we would love those around us. we celebrate all that you've done for us. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you that in spite of all these things that we do, that you, uh, that you love us fully with your, your whole heart. Help us to love our neighbors with our whole heart as well. And Lord, we repent to you for not speaking. And we repent to you for cursing our neighbors and praising you and thinking that that's okay. Father, I pray that you would meet us with this and let us not just leave it here. Okay, I'm glad that's over. If this is your word and your God and if this is real, it goes with us no matter where we go, Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand the significance of that and help us to not be sparking fires that lead to hell. An eternal hell and a current hell that we put other people through. Father, let us be more people in this place that bring fresh water people desert. Jesus. Father, I pray that you would bless our church as we do recognize this season, this feast, that you came to be with us, Emmanuel, that you came and you, you empowered us with your Holy Spirit, that you come and you dwell with us, and that we want to, um, as Steve said, be people of joy in this time and in, in, in this season of the entire I don't know church age or something Lord I pray that we would celebrate uh, with joy who you are at all times Lord I pray that you would bless this food as we gather around the table to eat and I pray that you would bless relationships to form that we would get to know each other and Lord we pray for um, all the kids as they were decorating and as they were listening to the same thing about watching what we say and Lord I pray that you would bless uh, the playground, let it be a place of joy and relationships to form. We thank you for that, Lord. We pray you'd be with us here, as your word says you are. In Jesus' name, amen.
So feel free. If you need prayer, come forward. We'll hang out here for a little while, and we're welcome to pray. If not, feel free to get lunch and hang out for a while. Say hi to somebody. You know, I was thinking we're feeding each other. It would be nice if we all knew who each other are. So introduce yourself to someone. Also, if you're a parent and you have kids, go pick them up. We need you to pick them up. We are going to close the children's group building down, but the playground will remain open um, through the gates so the kids can play as we eat lunch. All right? So say hi to somebody, and we'll see you next week.